Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. My name's Chad. This is Brodor. This is Bob. Not Bab. We agreed it was Bab. <laughs> now Damn it. Dan said any word I use would be the word we would use, and I used Bob. I, that, that's true. All right. So we set up all of our Bab. Hold jokes. on. Let, let me set some other things up here. First of all, Bob is not just any Bob. <laughs> Bob is Brodor the Elder. Bob is Mike Brodor, who's the guy on the show, usually. It's his older brother. And so he was telling me that he has some stories about Brodor. And so we decided to bring him on the episode to tell those stories. We have not one but two Brodors, so this is going to go probably wildly <laughs> off the ranch. If you are offended by anything, this any, may, any let, me, let me let me. I was thinking about this today when oh, I was driving. Oh, bro, <laughs> we haven't done the warning yet. Yeah, at let least it, let it warn the people. About at it. least let me get through the viewer discretion as advised oh, before you start dropping. Give it. them a moment to hit. Stop. Yes. So <laughs> if you are offendable by anything or are accompanied by young children or whatever, this is your fair warning to jump off. Now, the reason I opted to do this for this episode is not only because I think for some of us, this is going to be a lot of fun, (laughs) but also because I have just, I've been out of the country for about a week and a half and it was a fun trip. had a lot of great times, a lot of cocaine. Holy crap is traveling to and from the place incredibly tiring. Well, you look exhausted. I was a little concerned at dinner tonight because you looked just, I'm like, is he going to make it? My (laughs) trip back on Sunday, I had to get up about 7.30 in the morning, and then I was at the airport from about 10 a.m. until about, once I finally got off the plane, 10 p.m., came home, unpacked, went to sleep, got up the next morning, went to work. So I've had no recovery time I'm not sure I could give a serious topic right now if I wanted to. All right. So I have a leader little thing here because this is all bonus episode material. And then I'm going to set the bro doors loose on each other. (laughs) (laughs) But we were talking about something prior to recording that has. No, we can't tell that story. (laughs) No, no, not that story. (laughs) Not, not, no, not, not that story. So. I was telling the story about there was something that came up in the news today. It was trending in general pop culture news was also appearing all over social media, which is Susan Sarandon's daughter. <laughs> Who is Susan Sarandon? <laughs> yeah. Remember Who that she in she's a she's I mean, I've, I've obviously heard yeah. the name. Oh, she was she Rocky's she was that ugly, ugly dude in Thelma and Louise. <laughs> not, not not the dude that banged Brad Pitt, but the other <laughs> ugly dude that was in the car that went over the cliff. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> you were yeah, warned. I, I do know who you're talking about now. Okay, with the big eyes, it looks like somebody hit her in the back of the head with a two by four, and her eyes almost came out. Yeah, that's Susan Sarandon. But, she used to bang Tim Robbins. <laughs> Susan Sarandon has a daughter named Ava. Okay, and I, I'll I'll link like a Wikipedia thing on her something in the show notes if you want to just figure out who this is. And you said the ugly dude, <laughs> Thelma Louise. I'm like, Brad Pitt's not ugly. Oh! <laughs> and Ava is, she's an attractive girl. Okay. I, I don't know how old she is, but she's married to some dude. I don't even know the guy's name. And they've got a kid together or something like that. Okay. But because both of them are entertainment, they do a lot of traveling And so they have a nanny that comes and watches their kid. What made it to the news was this guy decided to do what 
nobody else does in this situation, which is he made the right choice. Okay, He didn't bang the nanny? Exactly. Oh, The nanny wow. sent him a text message that she claims was for someone else. But it was basically like, oh, you wouldn't believe how hot my boss is. I wonder if he's into women like me. It comes across very much like fishing, right? Like she's trying to see if he would go for it or not. And wow. rather than do the scumbag thing that a lot of people in Hollywood do, he took it to Ava and said, hey, I'm not going to cheat on you. This is what's going on. And he fired the nanny. First thought in my mind was my hat is off to this person in an age of so much, you know, infidelity and stupidity and broken families and whatever. My hat is immediately off to someone who chose to do the right thing. But just because I have a cynical and broken mind, my second thought was, and a year from now, it's going to come out that she's in the pool boy anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, don't hire a hot nanny. That's, uh... So, Brodor the Elder, or Bob, or whatever it is we're calling you now, take your best shot at your brother. I, okay, well, I, I, I hope I don't disappoint. I, you know, I, first of all, I'm really excited to talk to his real friends. So that is just amazing. <laughs> oh, Nessie, that is low. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll explain that one in a minute. But I just, I gotta say, you know, I, he's said so many things about me on the show that are either out of context or inappropriate. And, and the most important one is he was talking about our incubator, which other people might refer to as a mother, but she does not deserve that title. So I call her the incubator. So he was talking about our incubator, and, and he told the story about how I hit her, but I don't think he fully described how. <laughs> When I hit her, she was wailing on him, right? Like she was choking him, marking him up. I mean, he was in danger of injury, and this was nothing new, right? I mean, I, I all, up until, all true. Up until recently, I had I could find fingernail scars on my arm from the diggings, you know. I mean, this this was a real deal, and so yeah, so yes, I did hit a woman, right, at the age of seventeen. But it wasn't like I beat up girls because I think it's awesome. I, I hit a woman because that doesn't occur this, until your twenties or thirties. This adult woman was beating on a child who happened to be my brother, who I love very much. So I thought that was important oh. to lay out there. Speaking of laying out there, so did you put her through a wall? I did. I put a a woman sized hole in the drywall. Literally pushed her basically between the studs so that the drywall in my room because it wasn't like immediate. Like I went in there and I forget what he said, but it was basically like, "What the hell are you hitting him for?" Right. So she comes at me like a bat out of hell. And I'd, I'd had enough. And so by that point, we were in the doorway of my room, and I did, yes, push her through the wall on my side to the point where the drywall was dust, right? I mean, it just fell away, and there was a pile of drywall, <laughs> and imprinted, like, pushed out into Michael's room, the drywall in his room. I mean, yeah, I pushed her through a wall. So it's, it's like this is a multi-room yes. multi fight. Yeah. yeah, and I guess, so... Obviously, I did not make it very clear because she was hitting me because our sister was gone and wasn't at home. Yeah. And Jennifer needed a ride from the mall and my mom didn't want to go pick her up. And I was the only thing around to hit. Yeah, exactly. So she was wailing on me pretty hard. And that's when Bob came home. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it, so that, yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. And that, and that had been going on since, you know, she was two and I was eight and, or I was five and, and she got a pair of scissors and cut her hair. Right. You know, the incubator had been beating us for things other people did for since before, you know, Broder was born. It was just a terrible, yeah. So that that's the story of me hitting the woman. It wasn't just like, ooh, do a cool dad beat up his, you know. 
elder beat what up I his said. mom, right? Awesome. No, not like that. <laughs> this is not what I said. You go back and listen to this episode. Frodo was like, I really love my mom. She's such a sweet singer. <laughs> and then Bob came along with his <laughs> fist <laughs> of rain. Not a problem, which, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I did. Maybe it's still too, but... He studied atop a mountain for years for this moment, yeah. and he came down and delivered the perfect five-point Buddha palm and yeah. blew her through a wall. wall. Yeah. No, but I did put so, through a wall. That's 100% true. All right. So as hilarious as child abuse is. <laughs> oh, it gets funnier. I've got more. Um, go go okay. on. <laughs> okay, but I, I have a specific question because Brodor the Younger yeah. was saying something at dinner that I have to hear the story behind. He can't eat green bean casserole anymore. So I don't know if Bob's going to have any comment about this, but literally, I mean. I can't either. So there you go. Go right okay, ahead. The, the, the floor is yours, Brodor sir. the Elder, what is it with green bean casserole? Well, the incubator used to make it, and it was one of those things that, that she did. And Brodor may have a better angle on it than I do because he, he, I mean, because I, I, mean, I ran as soon as I could. I got out of there. As soon as I had friends with the car, I was gone. As soon as I could get a car, I was gone, 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 right? Which is why probably I don't have as many embarrassing stories that you would want because I, <laughs> dude, other than this one time, I mean, I left him on his own, right? I got to get out of here. And it was just every broder for themselves, right? You know, <laughs> you, know, the, the, you know, Armin divorced her and ran for his life. My sister just locked herself in the room or ran off with her boyfriend. And there's my poor brother there getting wailed. It was rough. So, but yeah, no, it was her signature thing she made that and chicken and orange and it was just you know gross canned green beans and a gross campbell soup cream of mushroom soup just bad with crappy fake bacon bits it was awful and it reminds me of child abuse so here's but wait the orange chicken though so like like panda no, that's amazing there's like panda express and no, you guys no, are like chicken and orange. it's a whole different yeah it's a different thing it's chicken and orange sauce it's another campbell soup it's like take that concentrated frozen orange juice, you know, gloop, that orange Ooh. juice gelatin, you know, and you put that in with some sort of Campbell soup and you cook some chicken breast in it. It's actually really good, but not only it's did amazing. She, not only did she abuse you guys, which was, I guess, bad. Yeah. <laughs> she abused food and that just, that's, that stinks. That cuts. Wait a minute. To the this quit. from the guy whose mom microwaves asparagus. Oh, oh my God. God. Worse. <laughs> Worse. Yep. She Terminal. microwaves artichokes oh she will take an artichoke now this is child abuse my parents <laughs> they sent me to space camp that's how much they love me but they <laughs> but but artichokes. artichokes she cut the top off of an artich artichoke she did this almost daily and then she would you know how you take the bottoms of it that that's what mm -hmm. they put in the salad but no she would eat the leaves off of them too the thick hard leaves i guess you I don't know. You scrape off you the scrape innards, off the, end the, of them, the inner yeah. lining of the leaf. Right. Yeah. Well, she, what she would do is she'd put like cooking oil on it, not olive oil or something nice. She would put like cooking oil on, it and then put it in the microwave for like ten minutes. I know it was the eighties; they didn't have very powerful microwaves, and it was awful. And so it would be like this artichoke gas bomb that would go off, Ugh. and it's just like you know the UN Human Rights Commission would come <laughs> sniffing around. It was just. Terrible. So let me weigh in on green bean casserole because Please, here's yeah. he, here are the two things about it that are horrible. Everything that Bob said about the child abuse, but then you'd have mm. to eat it, right? Yeah. yeah. So not only did I find it repellent because it looks like the worst thing that has ever come out of my nose. I mean, the <laughs> longest, crustiest, <laughs> stringiest, like those boogers you pull out and you think you're bringing brain with it, right? It looks like a big dish of that. <laughs> yes. And then if you don't eat it, 
Oh, yeah. Did you get your ass whooped? Yeah. Nah, man, yeah. that's not for and me. If you do eat it, you're still getting your ass whooped. So, oh god, it, I'm seriously, I'm starting to gag just thinking about <laughs> no, the texture so of this on. crunchy so booger. <laughs> okay, so you said you could one up this or, or several up this Brodor the Elder. So go. Okay, so here's a good one. So um, I went to school in uh, in O'Fallon. I went to St. Dominic High School, right? And obviously, you know, coming from this background and being a and d guy, right? I mean, I was awkward and nerdy and the whole bit, right? So I'm in homeroom, and I'm sitting in front of this girl. I won't say her name. I had this huge crush on, right? And, and I don't know. Maybe it would have happened. Maybe it wouldn't. I mean, I you know, I, I did okay in high school. I didn't do great. did better in college. But, you know, I, but actually I come from this background, and I'm the new kid in the school. We just moved because, you know, they'd lost the jobs again, and they couldn't afford the house. We had to move to someplace cheaper, which at the time was a Fallon, and this was in the 80s. And so – there's this girl in the homeroom, and she sits right next to me, and we kind of talk a little bit, and her and her friend kind of talk a little bit. And then I come in one day with this huge mark on my neck, right, this huge bruise on my neck. And they start making jokes about, oh, what would you do, burn yourself with the curling iron? Ha, 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 right? They assume it's a hickey from some girl, right, which it was not. And so, of course, it never happens. Like any interest that could have been there is gone, and, you know, we were friends later, but it, it never happened, right? What that bruise was from the incubator choking me. Right. Like she literally had choked me to the point where there were bruises on my neck and the girl I had a crush on thought there were hickeys from another girl. How do you tell her that? How do you say, no, 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 it's not like that. My mom tried to kill me. You know, I wouldn't kiss another girl at all. I, my mom well, tried to kill me. Right. So that, that was, that actually, was that's what one. you lead with. <laughs> you get the sympathy vote. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I'm thinking here is why didn't you go for the sympathy thing? Yeah. Don't let him fool you. Because life is competition, right? And genetics is competition. The first child always gets the best of everything. They're taller. They're better looking. They're smarter. You know what I got? I got the bottom of the barrel. I got vulgarity. Like if you want somebody (laughs) to talk about green bean casserole being like that nasty long booger that feels like you're pulling out your brain, that's what I got. Bob Bob was young. He was handsome. You should have. Oh, my God. I love that. Was handsome. Was young. Was handsome. Yeah, he's Brodor the Elder. So is the sister between you guys in yeah, age? Yeah, okay. Right. He adopted one. Yeah. So it's it's is she literally adopted? No, 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 but she's she's short, she's blonde. She doesn't look like the rest of us. So we used to tell her that she was adopted. Yeah, but she looks just like my middle kid. I mean, she looks exactly like yeah. my middle son. So I mean there's yeah. there's some sort of and she also looks exactly like my youngest uncle who we're very close with. So I mean there's yeah. some, there's something there biologically, although yeah. I won't get into the details on this on the mic, but there certainly is reason to wonder if we all share paternity. I mean <laughs> that's just yet another one of the glorious abuses yeah. that was rained down yeah. by the delight. Oh, she used to uh when we lived out, we used to live out in Salem, which is the one story I wanted to tell that's not abusive. And, you know, near Rolla, right? And we had a babysitter there. Was, I forget. She, I was young then, right? I was prepubescent, but I knew enough to know this chick was hot. Well, <laughs> babysitter, obviously. Well, I remember vividly, and this happened more than once, the incubator and the babysitter smoking joints in our kitchen before the incubator would leave us home with the babysitter. Oh, yeah, that happened. That's fair. It's That's, amazing. You know. It's mellow out. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> so you played D&D. You were a geeky kid. Yeah. Did you introduce your brother to, to geekiness? Are, or Are you kidding? Games? Whatever he did, I wanted to do, except yeah. for the mullet, because that was a mistake. <laughs> it was f***ing tragic. <laughs> I, I, and I can't deny that I carried it into, like, 91. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Was, was, you, yeah. you were like, it's coming back any minute. Yeah. So, 
So, I mean, I got into gaming because of Bob, because I pretty much wanted to do, if it was music he was into, I wanted to be into it. If it was How, games he was into. What's your age difference? Six years. Six years. Yeah. Oh, okay. You never dated any of his exes, did you? No, but boy, I tell you, you what, man. I ruined one of them, yeah. A many a tube sock on hot Tina. <laughs> yeah, she may listen to this, by the way, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> as far as I know, she still games, and we follow each other on Facebook. So, yeah, she may listen to this. That's there, amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, there, you know what? I have, If there is one thing I don't have, it's shame. Yeah, God knows. <laughs> well, if we have... If we have to have her on the show for a third perspective, then that's where we'll go. But no, I'll let Bob tell you how he got started. But yeah, I definitely got into it. I remember I remember my very first D&D experience. But Bob, you go ahead. There are two other things I wanted to correct. One was the whole thing about the incubator and me putting her through a wall. That all started with him referring to me as a younger brother would, even if it's inappropriate and even inaccurate or, or in misplaced, say it that way, as a figure of admiration or whatever, right? And I and I talked to him on the phone not long after that, and I was like, look, if you're going to tell a story on the mics about something I did that was awesome and heroic and you look up to, why don't you talk about the time that I, you almost drowned and I saved you? Because that happened, right? So. When we, when we live down in Salem, we get on, you know, the current river down there, right, which is very well named. I mean, it's a dangerous-ass river. So, you know, um, Armand had this badass CJ7 Jeep, and some of his buddies had CJ5s and CJ7s, and we would, you know, all get in, little kids and the adults, and they'd drive out to the current river, right? And we'd find a little swimming hole, and there'd be a cottonmouth in it and that kind of thing, right? And, uh, well, one, one time, <laughs> one time the, the current river took Broder away. It took him, and he was gone, and he was about to be... This one is mine. He was about to be gone, 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 right? And somehow I managed to grab him, and I don't know if you remember this, because I was young, uh, you know, Broder, so you may have been really young, but you you were, like, on my shoulders, and I was pretty much Mm -hmm. underwater, and there was an overhanging tree sticking out. This is, I don't care if people believe this is as true as the truth can be. There was an overhanging tree, like, had fallen over that was sticking out, and my thinking was, I'm going to hook you on it, and then whatever happens, happens, and that's it, right? This is it. This is my life, and I'm going to hang my brother on this log and then I'm gone. And I don't you remember EJ Malone, who's this, I said his name, I know it's awful, but he, he's probably gone. He certainly won't hear this. He was this big, you know, fat beer gutted buddy of Armin's, right? And all of a sudden, like, he just is like, like this huge, you know, storm giant is just boom, 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 splashed <laughs> no through the river. river gods, and, just, mine. and he just scoops us up. It was like he scooped me up like the back of my neck like I was a dog, you know. Like he just, boom, just pulled us both right out of the river just before it was like that point of no return. Because, I mean, I, at least one of us would have been a goner, maybe both. It was rough. So I was like, you know, if you're going to yeah. tell a story about looking up to me, here it is, man. Full <laughs> on life-saving heroics. No, it doesn't tell that story. No child abuse. Yeah, no. All heroics, self-sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I did like the, the mother beating one better. So it, it's and it's <laughs> funny you say that because I I do remember that. But the thing that I remember most vividly is that tree. Yeah, you remember the. Sh- and I know that's weird. I remember that tree more. Than, I mean, I, I remember all of it happening mm-hmm. except for the EJ Malone part. But I certainly remember that tree. I remember the tree, and I remember I remember the EJ. I can see EJ Malone in my in my memory as well as I see anything, right? And mm-hmm. as we've discussed, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that my childhood memories are spotty, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of long stretches of like I don't think I remember fourth grade at all, right? <laughs> Sixth grade, I sort of remember, you know. I mean, seriously, I mean, I don't, I don't. Did I go to fifth grade? I couldn't tell you. But that moment of EJ Malone stomping through the river man that that's one of those images you know you want to tie it back to gaming i mean that's sort of images that you know i draw on when i gm right i'm trying to that's the kind of thing that comes in and you're like 
you know, you, you're living it, you're seeing it in front of your eyes as you're describing it to the players. And that's that's one of those things that for sure, even if I'm not conscious of it all the time, that definitely drives that vision. So, Bob, how did, how did you get started? Because I remember when we were kids, mm-hmm. mom and dad had, had a friend, mm-hmm. and I remember that they were... Okay, that's yeah. the guy's name. Because he had that weird haircut and that creepy molestache. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he owned a game store in downtown St. Louis. And he had a sand table. Remember, and, and by the way... Whether, I, I do remember the sand table. Whether, yeah. whether it's this time or not there, Dan and Chad, I, you need mm-hmm. to be rebutted on your War Games episode. Because, I mean, I, I love your role-playing advice. I listen to it all the time. But you're... To say it nicely, behind the times on wargaming and what's available and what modeling options there are and so on and so forth. But that, that can be later or another time, or you can just tell me to F off. That's your call. Well, well you know, you can f off. Well, okay, <laughs> well here's the I'll thing. I'll just tell you that as a matter of course. But the, the, in a way, right. it's kind of a self proving statement or your statement kind of proves what we said because the fact that our knowledge remember what we said well one of the things we said was that they're constantly turning everything over to basically shake yeah. you down for cash uh, so if our knowledge is that outdated and everything's turned right. over says you're arguing that you're right you're just further proving your ignorance but again let me let me of, of david oh no okay wait now you can. F- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so David House game store sand table. Yeah, the sand table, and he had this amazing collection of miniatures, right? And I remember he he kept them all in those little gray plastic frames with the white plastic drawers, you know. And uh, what was the store called? I don't remember, man. I really oh, don't. God. I don't even know that we it. were all over St. Louis, and yeah. we very well could have visited it back at that time. Right. Well, I mean, I well, I mean, but I was a kid, right? I mean, I was. 10 maybe you know so this would have been you know 79 so yeah. i don't know what oh 79 yeah, yeah i'm 47 oh, no i i was three yeah so yeah so you yeah. probably weren't all <laughs> no. at that time so no. but so I, I got really into that but the father the he was really into fine scale modeling right so so david takes me down to this basement and we play some miniatures and it's really really amazing and he's doing chain mail right was this on oh hampton, sh- hampton. That would be the hobby shop. The hobby shop. That, 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 that was Ken. Yeah. That was Ken. Oh, okay. Different guy. Yeah, but... Uh, Maybe same shop? And he's, he's got Shea Millie, he's got miniatures, and he's got all those old Ralph Partha lead figs, right, which at the time were, which are still some of the best figs out there. That old 79 mm-hmm. Tom Meyer Ralph Partha is just some of the gems. That's of, some real lead, yeah, too. I mean, yeah. you could lick that. That's, yeah. a, that's when miniatures tasted that good. Was, yeah. That was when it was made out of chewy metals. Right. That's when you get a pack of tin and you just eat every third one yeah. as your pain dump. Yeah, it exactly. Or, or you just kind of chew on one and have little spittoons <laughs> right. next to you. As much as I shoot and as many miniatures, metal miniatures as I've done, if lead was going to poison somebody, I'd be the guy. And my doctor, <laughs> that whole lead thing is a con- it's a conspiracy. Well, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying that, that, that these kinds of things, shooting a handgun and working on right. a lead model, they are not going to get you the infection and the these because I've been tested right because I get severe migraines or migraines and uh, and so there there was suspicion at one point on my part Wait, or migraines oh sorry when and probably Bruder told you about my time in Africa and so that's how they say migraine there they say everything different and I still occasionally use both words like I might I, I was like just a baki or whatever so it happens yeah. Migraine's a new one for me, too. But. I was assuming like a lead flake had broken free and gotten into <laughs> the language centers of his brain or something. Right. So, awesome. So so I get really into these miniatures, right? I'm really into this. Is like, this is the thing I want to do, right? So, I mean, God bless him. You know, he, he was who he was. And he wanted to in, indulge my interest, the father. No, he wanted to indulge the interest, but he didn't necessarily, I think, 
get or want as much want to be a part of this other thing, right? And so his focus was, he took me to the hobby stores like, oh, you're interested in these metals? Check out these 135th scale models, right? So I made some Africa core desert German, you know, 135th scale kits and I made a tank or whatever. And that was kind of where it was at. But even in the process of going to the, the store, this was the one over on Manchester there, right next to that old bike shop, um, right near Manchester and 40, right by West County Mall. Um, it would be on the north side of Manchester there. There was old strip mall and there was this cool old hobby shop there. And they did mostly plastic kits and train stuff, but they also carried, you know, D&D stuff. So we kept going in to get model kits to kind of feed this interest. And I just, I wouldn't look away. I continued to focus on the lead figures. And when I got some lawn mowing money, I went and I box and I got the, uh, I think the first module there besides, of course, keep on the borderland. And then I got against the culture of the reptile gods, which I would still, I mean, that, that more than almost anything has probably influenced my GM style for wow, 35 years now. You know, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> so that, hmm. that's how I got started gaming and, you know, it's just whoever I could. And it wasn't until I got to high school and met my, you know, the, my high school gaming buddies, one of which I still game with to this very day, you know, from sophomore in high school to age 47 and 48, we still game together, you know, so that's how that started. It's not that great of a story, but there. So your path to gaming basically consists of two things. Lead and Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and for it, you in large quantities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends with and, and, and it ends with you putting your mom through a wall. <laughs> but interestingly enough, lead and Nazis, it's the path he's still on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with all the World War II yeah, gaming no, yeah, we do. I, oh, yeah. My thing is very much yeah. that's my, my kind of my jam is is Weird War Two, so that's what my role playing campaign is setting. That's where most of my model projects are right now. Nazi werewolves and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Of course, being killed by priests and and uh, commandos and Tibetan monks and all that, and Captain America and all that stuff, which is what the protagonists are. It's amazing. It's really. <laughs> it does amazing. sound fun. I've played yeah. this game. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's it's been fun to balance, you know, role playing with. I mean, it's it's a miniature battle game, right? But we do do a, a, a lot of role-playing, right? There's a lot of mysteries going on. There's there's the cliche of the civilians you've got to protect, and I think some of the best role-playing has come because the troops, right? They're, so I'm using Savage Worlds, which I know you guys hate or whatever, and that's fine. I think it's wrong. <laughs> but You'd be wrong, but that's cool. Yeah, but, yeah I, I'm not as wrong about Savage Worlds as you are about miniature gaming, but that's a whole other concept. Because <laughs> they've completely turned over the product. <laughs> right, right, no, yeah. So you'd have to rebuy everything, but it'd be completely no, better. No, no. 1979, <laughs> he is yeah. still using the same figs, same rules. It's just, it, he just gets what? an errata every now for, and again. It's for great. 1500 bucks, you can have the easiest, <laughs> right. most clean miniature experience. For the next three years, oh, yeah. you are set for 1500 and, and, For $45, you could play in Frostgrave frost forever. Right for forty five. If your if your thing is you want to do miniatures cheap and you don't want to worry about modeling, for forty five maybe fifty bucks, depending on taxes and import fees and all that kind of shit, you could be getting you know North Star miniatures, Frostgrave, a box of their troopers, and one wizard and one apprentice, which come together in a blister pack for like ten bucks. Uh, the metal figs don't require any assembly. The trooper figs are plastic sprues, so you don't have to do any pinning. They're quality sprues, so you don't have to do much flash removal. You use plastic model grid glue them together, and, and you get 20. You need eight. So you've got all those options that you're so worried about with your Necromunda. All that's in there.
where it's this, <laughs> I know. this, this so hobby worried. has left you guys behind, night. which is fine. You can be left behind. I feel for your listeners who've been given ignorant information. It's sad for them, and they deserve the truth. No, you don't understand. We say it. It becomes the truth. There, there, there is an ontological quality right. to no. fear the boot. We, we actually have to be very careful about what yeah. we say. Not for any kind of veracity reasons, but because we... You never missed did you know? It's right. Well, uh, no bullshit. No bullshit. I know. Which it is used to be... Hey, I, 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 you, you are talking to Da Vinci. Because one of your hosts <laughs> referred to me as the Da Vinci of gaming on your podcast. So, this was if, if what obviously is, pre him being a host. Yeah. But, Undisputed expert on this topic. Look, that, that was pre him being a post. That's, that's not, that's not correct. It was post me being a host. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm blaming that on the lead poisoning. Brodor, I want to give you a warning about the power that comes with podcasting. Did you know it actually was... The Berenstein Bears until we accidentally mispronounced it on the show as the Berenstein Bears, and now it is completely rewritten history. Uh, yeah. There was no alternate universe. Yeah. We, we screwed up. Didn't you yeah. read the pamphlet we gave you? No, there was no pamphlet. What? Oh my God, the danger! Oh jeez, oh, good times. Okay, so somewhere out there, there is a meme of Susan Sarandon being struck in the back of the head with a two-by-four and her eyes coming out slightly. So I, I image-searched the daughter. Yeah, no, she's a decent-looking girl. That's hard to argue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. She's a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. So how did you get this guy yeah. into gaming? Well, he well, just had to game. He, I That's mean, it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, he had that, enough lead and you're good to go. You know, right. and, I'm, and I'm seeing it with my own sons, with his nephews. You know, what the oldest does, the younger ones want to do. It's just right. it's just a thing, right? And eventually it wears off, you know. But but eventually, you know, when – because my gaming's been funny. I, I've gamed with a lot of people and I've been in a lot of campaigns, but I'm weird in this sense. My heart is with one group, right? One of them's a high school friend. The rest were friends from freshman year college in 1987, and we've gamed together forever, right? And so, I mean, we've gamed, well, we've gamed together since 1987. Simple as that. It's damn close to 30 years. We play together, and we play together when we can. So my, if I'm in Africa, we play once every 18 months. If I'm here, we play once every six, eight weeks, right? Well, when 3E came out, we'd been on a long lull, several years, and we got back together, right? 3.0 comes out. We're like, this is a thing. We're going to do this. And it worked like gangbusters. It was a great deal. And for that game, we invited Brodeur, right? So we, we wanted to add a player, and he was the one we added for obvious reasons. I had a bias because I was the DM, and I just my brother's coming. Simple as that. And, of course, it worked like nothing. It was beautiful. He's a great fit and all that. So that that's kind of how we game together now. But so it, you got to wait. Wait, so he got started on gaming when 3 no, 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 I no. restarted. I restarted. I was back blue okay. box, right? I mean, I was playing Warhammer when Tough No, but I No, I mean, you're... I mean, Brodor, not you. So when I was a kid, and this yeah. is these are not my proudest moments, but <laughs> uh, so when Bob would be off gaming, and basically I got exposed at the same time uh, with this David Housecat. I just remember his his really bad haircut and his creepy molestache. Yeah, <laughs> but we were at our house in Salem, and I remember I was sitting I was sitting on the incubator's lap, and 
they were playing Dungeons and Dragons at the table, right? I remember Molestash reading from the module and talking about the monsters. And I remember there was this, this flesh golem, like Frankenstein's monsters thing. And I remember, I mean, I practically myself. I was so terrified. It gave me, ni- it gave me nightmares thinking about this creature existing. And I was like, what if Bob was seven or Bob was 10, you know, that I was four, right? right. Mm. So I was just, I was just ensorcelled by all of it and, and been really fascinated by the whole escapism ever since. Well, fast forward a few years, uh, we're living in O'Fallon. Our parents are divorced. Bob's getting really into gaming with his buddies. And then so I start getting exposed to the books and me and my best friend at the time, this guy, Travis, we would go to the bowling alley with his grandmother. Right. And because uh, he lived with his grandparents because he had his own messed right. up issues with his family. Right. Anyway, she would take us to the bowling alley. We would leave the bowling alley and the one that the, the cave springs lane was right. Uh-huh. And there used to be a target down there and next to the target or that was across the highway, excuse me, where EPC is now. And this is very interesting for the listeners. Anyway, there was a Walden Books. And Travis and I would go to Walden Books, and we didn't have income. We didn't have lawn mowing money, what have you. So we would boost D&D stuff, right? So <laughs> I wasn't even about to say, so you shoplifted. That's how I got. I wish that's, I could say I'd never done that. but <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I got into D&D. That's how I started getting my first books and my first modules, is that it was all done in petty theft. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Travis and I would just play the two of us, and which then, I know is a really sad, sad so thing. So what we have here years later, you had to run your own store and deal with people stealing yeah. D&D yeah. stuff so from you. basically the starts <laughs> off <my> penance yeah. <laughs> the starts off with lead nazism <laughs> leads to right. law-breaking theft eventually morphs into putting mom through a wall but all the stereotypes and the satanic panic about D and D is wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, we are not a good test case for that. Yeah, no, no. I, I, so whatever it is you have to say about our war gaming, I think you have a lot more to work out in your own ethos of gaming. Well, no, but but, but seriously, I, I and I, I imagine this is true for my brother as well. I mean, coming, and I know there's people with worse backgrounds than us, and most of them have been on the news. But, you know, I would have been into drugs or I would have, you know, taken myself out or let myself just do something so utterly stupid that I'd taken myself out. And I imagine that that's not too far from truth in that other case with my brother as well. I mean, it it's for, for, for all the talk. I mean, if you want to be serious about gaming, I mean, it, I would say and I wouldn't be where I am. I mean, my, my career, such as it is, and I'm doing OK, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have the confidence to run a meeting on a billion dollar project if I hadn't had 30 years of DMing. You know, I mean, it, it's powerful. I mean, it's it's been a huge well, yeah. influence in my life. And that's something that I want to say about gaming that I, I don't think is something we've talked about in some time. A lot of times people critique gaming as being pure escapism. But I don't think even if you take it that that's true, I don't think that's entirely a bad thing. Because sometimes you're in a situation in your life, whether it's something momentary, like you're just going through a rough spot in life, or it's a much longer term and more difficult to escape situation, like an abusive household, that escapism can be healthy. Absolutely. You know, putting your, I'm assuming you don't go a black leaf on it, you know, putting yourself somewhere else, being someone else, there's nothing unhealthy about that. I mean, once again, assuming you don't take this to some absurd extreme. 
Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, I would say in our, in our cases, and uh, probably in all four of our cases, right, we, we haven't. We're all normal people. We're, you know, married, and we've got all whatever problems we may have, but we have jobs and normal lives, and we're able to speak intelligently into a microphone over the Internet for the whole world to hear. I mean, clearly, we have not gone too far from wrong. Right. It's absolutely true. I mean, I used to joke, but not really joke, that, uh, you know, when I was talking to other managers, you know, other people who ran retail locations, and I would say, you know, what we do is a hobby is an important part of what we do as a business, not because it's the product that we sell, but the skills that we learn from these games are skills that we're going to utilize in our businesses, you know, managing resources, looking for good opportunities to improve, looking for ways to game the system, if you will. But most importantly, I would tell people, look, everything and not everything, but a lot of what I have learned about managing people, I've learned from game mastering. I've learned from actually trying to facilitate storytelling with a group of people who all have distinct personalities, who have distinct interests, who have unique motivations, and getting them to work together for the group to profit. Compromising, anticipating objection. Yeah, there's a whole slew of skills, interpersonal skills. That you develop from game master, absolutely right. And I think I think Bob's and Bob's players are largely sociopaths, but <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Bob's absolutely right. I mean, if it weren't for gaming and the relationships that I forged through gaming, I probably would have made a lot worse decisions and had worse relationships, you know, and hung out with even worse groups of people if I had not had that outlet. Yeah, and now you've got your real friends. And now I have my real friends. Okay, what's that? So this son of a gun. (laughs) Oh, now you censor yourself. (laughs) Now you censor yourself. You know, because I can mother anybody, but he's my brother. I guess I guess I should be the only body. Story of me doing something really awesome for him. So yeah, yeah. He'll let him elaborate because I'm sure he'll he'll want to. But but essentially, he has got this whole thing about how they're not my real friends, and essentially, I only come to that game with them and hang out with them when it's convenient, and I don't have anything else going on with my quote unquote real friends. Right. And this all <laughs> yeah. came to a head because uh, when when I was in Africa, I came back for Gen Con 13, right? right. And uh, and I. I'd made arrangements for the gaming group that I've described to you to meet me there, right? It's and of course Broder was invited as well. Mm. But when I told him about this plan, when I told everybody else about the plan, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're absolutely in. This is going to be great." Blah blah blah. When I told him about the plan, it was all like, "Oh gee, I was supposed to be going with somebody else." For all I know, it may have been you two, right? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's, and, and we already had kind of been on the real friend thing, right? Mm. So of course he ends up going with us, which was great. We had, it was that was really one of the best times in my in my life, man. I mean, that was a really, it just couldn't have been a better trip. I mean, especially considering the flight I'd went through to get there. And I mean, that was a, that was a high risk thing to take those days off work and fly back to go to the show, which you know how that show can be anyway. So the whole car ride there and the whole time there, it was all everybody. There was a total of six of us there and five of us were riding the real friend thing. And if, if he was gone for 10 minutes, if he went to go buy a blanket hot dog in the dealer's area, we're all like, oh, did you see one of your real friends? I mean, we just wouldn't let it go. It, it, it was fun, man. It was a really good time. And it, it remains a good time even now as I tell the story to you, at least for me. It's excruciating. <laughs> it's excruciating. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, when Bob was talking about how our childhoods were bad and we understand that people, other people had them worse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I look back and go, you know, I know a lot of people had it way worse than I did, you know, because nobody ever put anything in my butt. (laughs) (laughs) True. Not without you asking. Wow. (laughs) On that note. 
Yeah, you know, it's I, I all jokes aside, it is very, very hard, obviously, to compare the very subjective experiences of of abuse. Yeah. It is. You know, and and there's been some debate about in terms of the long term damage between the three, mm-hmm. which is worse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, or sexual abuse. And obviously none of them are good. None of them are enviable. I know entirely too many people that have been through some form of abuse at some point in their life, whether as a child or as an adult. I have my own stories, many of which I don't care to tell on the show, but I have my own stories. And in the end of the day, I don't think there's really... Any uh, profit to be gained from trying pain to pain is not a competition. Exactly. And no, I no, don't certainly not. And, and I've had people try to one up me like right. that. And it's like, I don't think you understand. I'm not playing a game here. Yeah, it's no, no. this. This happened to me and it damaged me and it sucked. And you had something happen to you that damaged you and it sucked. Which one of us got damaged worse and why is really not a thing. Yeah. Does it matter? Yeah. yeah. I You know, the only thing that. I can say here, I'm going to put some kind of a useful spin on all these stories that are so horrible. We're just sitting here laughing about them. (laughs) Is is what sucks about being an abused child is you don't know how to cope with it. You may not understand it's wrong. Well, that's why it's so horrible. Yeah. I mean, if I decide to start beating up Brodor here for no reason... You're you bigger know. than me, dude. I'm gonna have to practice my stabbing. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. I mean, exactly. I, 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 but as, as an adult, <laughs> and, and there's well, you are physically and emotionally capable of defending yourself. Sure. Again, not just on a physical level, but on an emotional well, level. Well, and he also to, has to the perspective that it. it's not right. Right. It's he he not knows right, it's but... not right. It's not normal. He has recourse yeah. against it. You know, he can resist you physically, he can resist you legally. Mm-hmm. And I realize there are some people, even as adults, that are in a state of such emotional well, abuse. There's abusive relationships. Yeah, the, they, that's not what we're talking about. Right, we're right. Talking about we're talking about child abuse yeah. specifically here. But with children, oftentimes they don't even understand the situation is wrong. Right. They just, much less, mm-hmm. even if they do realize it's wrong, understand that the recourses they have to go to one of right. the. I, I assume these are in other states. Police in Missouri, we have these things called uh, safe safe places, safe, safe, safe yeah, houses, yeah, or whatever they're called. Yeah. yeah, and that have these yellow signs on them, and you go there, and they're equipped to know how to call the police or mm-hmm. Department of Social Services or something to get you out of that situation. I mean, not that the system's a great place to be, but better than nothing. It's yeah, it's better than getting the beat up and all these other horrible things. But you know, kids don't know that, and so it's really in so many ways on. The adults that are in the periphery of those situations, if you see something, say something, you know, because if you don't get involved, if you see it's going on and you don't do anything to stop that. And, you know, that for my own life, that's one of the things that I really hold a certain amount of bitterness over is the number of people that saw what was going on. And did nothing about it. See, now you're going to, now my good, I'm completely with you. That's one of the things that has always really, really irked me is that nobody, I mean, people were aware. It was obvious, right? Yeah. It wasn't important enough for them to stick their nose in it. Yeah. Or they don't want to get involved in it or they, and whatever. And effectively you're condemning that person to that life. I mean, because they had, they don't know any other recourse. They don't have any other recourse. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't have perfect answers to this. Fear the Boots 
really, you know, not equipped as a show or we as hosts to, <laughs> no, to deal with this yeah. kind of stuff. So, well, here's what we're equipped for. We're equipped to do the drive-by. We're, <laughs> we're equipped to come into your workspace or your automobile and rip this scab off, make light of your pain, and then walk away because we're not capable of actually helping you deal with these issues that we've highlighted for the last hour. <laughs> well, let me just say, I, I, I'm only making light of my pain, and to some degree, my brother's. And I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of made a quip about being on the news, but I, I don't compare my story to anybody but mine. I, I get it, and I, everybody's got their own thing and their own way of dealing, and everybody's got some sort of issue, even if it's that their parents were too nice to them, and that in itself. And I'm not being sarcastic or glib. I know people can't tell with me, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's I, you're 100% right there, Dan. I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging myself or holding myself up as I was abused more than you or whatever like that. No, 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 certainly not. Yeah, we're just making light of it. Yeah, I'm laughing about it, though, for sure, because it's hilarious. Now, now, you know, now, because it has to be. I mean, what else do you do? I mean, do you hate yourself? Do you blame yourself? I mean, no, it's funny. So as much as we got it as kids from our mother, mm-hmm. boy, we used to kick the crap out of oh, each no, other. It was terrible. <laughs> it, I mean, it was we terrible because that's drew all we do. So much blood. <laughs> I remember once we were in the backyard when we lived on Danny Lane and O'Fallon. It was five hundred two Danny no, Lane, or was it five hundred four? Oh, yeah. you were right. But I remember. I remember there was one moment we were in the backyard and we were fighting about something, and I grabbed this log and I chased you down and I hit you in the lower back with it, and I was expecting to have some sort of success right but all it did was piss him off i've never run faster in my life i was terrified that he was gonna kill me What's like that? Said, at that point i probably did have migraines i think they came yeah. on at like 14 15 right. and yeah I, so yeah that did not help having extreme uh, understanding your head yeah no we were terrible because it would it would work out like this right you know the parents hated each other so they would yell at each other and treat each other like crap and then you know the incubator would go after one of the one of the boys as a surrogate for the the husband, and then the 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 father would go after his daughter as a surrogate for the wife, and then the three of us would go after each other as surrogates for them. It it was yeah. awful. I, it was I amazing. It. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't uh, relate. Uh, to any of that, I can uh, relate. Well, I, can, I mean, I'm an only child, so yeah. the idea of two siblings. And then they just beat the shit out of each other. I'm like, why? Okay. Like, why does that happen? There is one thing. It. All right. So if, even if I don't talk about abuse or any of that stuff, there is certainly one thing in all of this that I can absolutely relate to, which is I very much have the same dark sense of humor that you guys do <laughs> because it, you take a look at the world and it's just so screwed up mm-hmm. that you really have one of three choices. You completely ignore it or tune out a large portion of it. You look at it and you get really, really angry. You start to drive yourself nuts. You watch the news and you just slowly go insane. And I know people like this where they need to turn off the news. They need to be less aware of what's going on. Or you just take a look at it and you just start laughing. And not because anything's funny, but because it is all so screwed up that somehow it just becomes hideously yeah. funny and that's where i am is the things that we're laughing about here they're not funny <laughs> but they're hilarious at the same time because <laughs> i have gotten so broken by i mean there just comes a point where you just see so much screwed up stuff in life that at some point you just have to stop and start laughing right. I, and i don't know that's just how my brain has sorted it out so anyone's hearing this please don't think we're making light of this we're talking about our own pain our own suffering it's Absolutely. not funny 
but well, at the same time, it's hilarious. Well, these guys are making light of their pain. I went to yeah. space camp as a kid. So. <laughs> I went to Space Academy. It was a stuff off so, from yeah, Space, space camp. camp. I went to Space Academy. But the thing is, I went to Space Academy, too. But when you tell people you went to Space Academy, they don't know what the f*** you're talking about. So you say Space so you Camp. you say Space Camp. Yeah, all right. Because they've seen the movie. Okay, so uh, next episode when we come back, we have some gaming topics we're going to talk about. We've actually got a bunch of gaming topics on tap, talking about game design, talking about... Are we? Yeah. Again? Didn't we do that? Like 10 years ago or something? No, no. It's not a game design series. Did game design change? I think that after 10 years, you can revisit it. No. It's been a decade. We are not redoing the game design series. I don't know. Maybe we should. Now I'm buying into it. Maybe we should revisit the game design series. Before you sign off, can I make a quick shout out to a buddy's local business? It's a game. Okay, go ahead. I want to just shout out for the DGS Games. They're a miniature company, American made. They've got a Kickstarter going on right now for their diet. Dinosaur riding, sun worshiping, you know, legionnaires, and it's pretty badass looking. They're a local company. Are there any Nazis? No, no Nazis. No, it's all fantasy. It's 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 original IP, American made company. The local guys are really good guys. They've got a great game. It's called DGS Games, and then also tabletop game and hobby here in Overland Park, Kansas, is a great. Oh, that was, that was two plots. I, I, I know. I stuck it in there. I'm that guy. Oh. I will say this as a former retailer. I can say that Tabletop Games in Kansas City, Phil Kilgore Shop, is the best game store I've ever been All to. All right. Well, I will it's put been. a link to thank Broder the Eldor for giving us his time. I will put a link to both the Kickstarter and also to that game shop in over was Overland, Kansas. Yeah, it's, ta- it's Tabletop okay. in, in Kansas City. So yeah. I, I will put a link to both of those in the show notes for anyone who's interested in the Kickstarter or who lives in that area of Kansas and wants to go okay. check that game Now, store what's out. this about us revisiting the game design series? We're not revisiting. <laughs> no, we're not doing <laughs> well, that. You, now can really Bob, you can have Bob back and talk about doing miniature game design. No. Yes, a whole series on it. Yeah. Like like <laughs> getting a we, lot of lead, smelting it down. <laughs> no, turning it into Nazis. Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Great. <laughs> you basically just get a, like a cubic yard of green stuff yeah. and a scowl. Oh, I could see Bob showing up to a 40k tournament, and everybody has their army you guys out. Are completely he, wrong. He throws down a three foot long, 150 pound lead or iron cross. Just boom, just lays it on the table. Yeah. That's his army. He's like, you guys are completely wrong. This is not that hard. You see this general right here. It only took me three years of few thousand dollars to make him, oh. and I can't use it. Yeah. And I can't this use him. This is amazing. And I can't use him in the current no, edition no. of the rules. But you know what? Only young He's idiots no, play the new edition. We play the classic third no edition from 1862. It's, it's like the McLaughlin group. This is amazing. <laughs> but, all right. So, idiot on InfoWars. He's hilarious. Alex Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, you know what? I, I try to avoid politics. But this is just so absurd. I'm putting an Alex Jones link in the show right, notes. Alex if you, Jones, thank you. Yes, I, I'm putting an Alex because I know the truth, and you guys are so wrong. I'm putting an Alex Jones link in the show notes. That is freaking hilarious. Johnny G said he turned it into his ringtone for a while. It's so absurd. Speaking, speaking, speaking of Alex Jones, did you know that the Bohemian Grove is responsible for Anton and Scalia's death? Because you know I love my conspiracy theories, and I love no. some Bohemian Grove. Check the show notes. I'm going to put his best conspiracy theory. It was so good. John made it his ringtone. But no, Chad, we're not going back to the design series. There's just one aspect of game design I want to talk about. 
We're talking about some stuff with the social dynamics of gaming groups. We got all kinds of gaming topics on tap for a week when I'm not recovering from vacation. But anyway, we're coming down from all that cocaine. Yeah, all that blow I did. So, Broder the Elder, thank you for joining us. It was actually horrible hearing your story. <laughs> it was disturbing and amazing. <laughs> but still, thank you for joining us. And as for the rest of you guys, have a great week and great games. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Thank you.